0: Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Inside the Hexagon. I am your host, as always, Phil Lanides, and I want to thank you for taking the time to join us for today's show. On the episode today, we have former Strikeforce middleweight champion, former UFC welterweight title challenger, Jake Shields. He is on with us today to talk about uh, of course his career his time in Strike Force and then of course we are going to talk about his uh Strike Force Nashville fight with Dan Henderson and then a, a, un- the unfortunate post fight brawl afterwards that got Strike Force essentially kicked off of CBS and and set really set the the course of MMA history in a different direction so we talk about all of that so without further ado let's get to it all right, on the line with us, we have former Strike Force middleweight champion, former UFC welterweight title challenger, the last Rumble on the Rock welterweight champion, the only elite XC welterweight champion, judo welterweight champion. Uh, just, I didn't realize you'd won all those belts, but one one of the best grapplers in MMA history, yes. most decorated uh, welterweight, middleweight fighters, Jake Shields. Welcome, uh, welcome to Inside the Hexagon.
1: Hey man, how's it going? Uh, thanks for having me.
0: It's good, good. It's great to uh, great connect, great to connect with you. Um, I actually had some correspondence with your your father actually when uh, you were when I was working for Strikeforce and just uh you know doing PR, oh, nice. and, and all that stuff. And yeah, he was always a uh, very nice guy to me. So uh, you know, um, you know, rest in peace to your. Yeah, father. he was. Uh,
1: this year's been ten yeah, years since yeah, he, he was, passed. Uh, yeah, like ten years now. But yeah, he was a great manager and obviously a great father. Everyone, everyone always loved working with him, and he did a phenomenal job
0: yeah he had a lot of respect uh in the industry so uh so again rest in peace to to mr jack shields but uh but jake it's great to have you on so uh, let's dive right in you know you were part of the scrap pack with the diaz brothers and gilbert melendez and dave terrell under caesar gracie and you along with your teammates i mean you you guys were a big part of the mma scene in the bay area uh so you saw the the birth of strike force you didn't get involved with the promotion for several years but When, you know, your, your, your brothers in arms, so to speak, uh, especially Gilbert was, was there from the beginning. Nate actually fought on the first, uh, the first strike force car or the, I'm sorry, we see the first or the second strike force card. So you guys were, and obviously Caesar main evented with, with Frank in the, you know, that first event. So you were, you know, cage side for, for a lot of it. What were your thoughts on the promotion early on?
1: Oh man, the excitement around Strike Force was unreal. It was like nothing other than uh, the UFC and pride. It was rare for a new show to come on with that kind of excitement. I mean, I think they had a sold out show right after the start. It was completely packed and it's just uh, right from the get go Strike Force had the had the vibes, and the fighters and the fans and everything.
0: Was there any particular reason? I, I don't know what your contractual status was at that point. Was there any particular reason that you, you didn't join the ranks until uh, 2009?
1: Yeah, I was contracted with Elite XC at the time. And that's when I ended up switching over when they got bought out. Strikeforce ended up buying out the Elite XC contracts with CBS and Showtime.
0: Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good segue because I, I wanted to talk about that transition. So, you know, you were the only, as we said, the only Elite XC welterweight champion. There's no Force welterweight champion at the time. It would seem natural for you to come into the promotion at 170 pounds. Why did you come in at middleweight instead? Was it Was it Nick fighting in that division or was there something else?
1: Well, Nick was definitely part of it. Nick was like a brother to me. There's no way we'd ever fought. So that was part of the factor. But another part was I wanted big name fights. I thought at the time, uh, I believed I was one of the best, if not the best in the world at that time. I was beating everyone. So I wanted name opponents. And they had Robbie Lawler sitting there, 85. So I was, uh, give me Robbie Lawler.
0: Well, there you go. He asking, you shall receive. Uh, so you got that, that very nice submission win over a very dangerous Robbie Lawler in your first strike force fight. So you really made a mark. And then that set up, a, a title fight with Jason mayhem Miller, um, which that belt, the strike force middleweight belt had just been vacated by Kung Lee. I, I'll say on the side, ironically, he fought only a month and a half after you fought mayhem. So I don't, you know, maybe yeah, well, he, he,
1: he, he vacated because he didn't want to fight me. I, was okay. cool. he, I, I went and trained with him and he realized it wasn't going to be much of a fight. So he vacated to, to avoid the fight.
0: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I mean, you would be a stylistically, you would have been a nightmare matchup for Kong, obviously. So
1: I, I like Kong Lee. He's a nice guy, but it was, it was very clear. He didn't want the fight. So,
0: Okay. All right, so maybe
1: vacate fight a month later. I think that's pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, my my co-host and I were just discussing that as we were kind of going over it, and yeah, that seems to make sense. Uh, So you end up getting matched up with Mayhem. Now you in the video package, you had said that that you and Mayhem actually had trained about six months prior together. You guys were friendly at at the very least, and that you'd kind of let him throw you around a little bit in practice and kind of let him let him think he might have something up on you so what was that a, a fight that you were looking forward to i mean I, he was bully beat down host you were on bully beat down was this something that you were really looking forward to
1: yeah he was a really hot name at the time because like i said uh bully beat down he was winning a lot of fights i was, he was on a really hype show in, in mtv so i had the problem before training with guys and then beating him in training Perfect example, um, you know, Kung Lee. The guys refusing to fight me. So when I trained with Mayhem, I was a little smarter and let him, uh, let him tap me a couple times. I don't know if I let him tap me. We kind of let him get the better of me. Let him think he could win. So I'm like, all right, now, now go fight me. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, it worked out because he did. And so uh, in the fight itself, you know, you did have a few moments, especially early on. he had a couple lifting takedowns in that first round, and uh, and then he it looked like a kind of a rear naked choke, kind of neck crank later on in the fight. And my co-host uh, Josh Molina actually had interviewed you in the past, and. and And he had asked you about that because I was watching it and it was hard to see with, with mayhem's hand in the way. But uh, Josh said that you said that it actually wasn't that close, like that you, you, you were okay. And just waiting for time to run out, but kind of talk us through your performance in that fight overall. How how did you feel about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a while ago. I can't remember. I can't remember all the details of the fight, but I remember it was, uh, he was tough, you know, I ended up beating him, but it was tougher than I thought. I know I dominated most of the fight had my back at at the one moment, but overall it was a pretty dominant performance, but Bam's a guy with a lot of heart. and When it quit, it's very him a beating. He's kept coming.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could just couldn't get off in that fight and, and you were able to shut him down. And then that moves us up to a title defense with one of the greats in MMA, a true legend, Dan Henderson. How did you feel? I mean, he's 39 years old. Uh, you know, he's definitely, even though he would end up fighting for a few more years, how did, how did you approach your training for that? How did you feel about that fight? Did you feel like, Man, this is somebody that's been so successful. He's so dangerous. Uh, what were your thoughts kind of heading into the fight?
1: Uh, that was a super exciting fight for me. Dan Henderson had been a guy. I've been a big fan of him for a long time from a wrestling background. He's a guy I watched. I mean, he just uh, he just knocked out Bisping right before that. So he was still super dangerous. So it was a fight that I took very serious. but was very excited about one of my best camps. You know, I was uh, running sprints, lifting heavy weights. I went in there highly prepared, luckily mentally, mentally prepared as well. So when he was able to drop me twice the first round, but I was yep. mentally ready to, ready to keep fighting. So, you know, I was able to get through the uh, adversary and just keep, uh, keep coming at him. And after that, you know, broke him and uh, dominated the last four rounds.
0: Yeah. I, I actually, literally, as we record this, I just watched the fight just to refresh myself. And and I wanted to ask you about getting caught those first couple of times. Was it some, I mean, obviously you've got a chin because you, you took a couple shots from Dan Henderson when he was still fresh, but, uh, did that give you actually give you some confidence knowing that you could eat a couple shots and, and still be able to to persevere? I mean, because like you said, you broke him. So kind of what did that do to your game plan? Did that actually in the end kind of embolden you?
1: Um, I mean, after taking shots like that, you're just kind of a little shocked. You're not quite sure what's going on. I mean, between rounds, I wasn't even quite sure if I was dropped or what. I was a little like you really remember what happened. I remember looking up and seeing Henderson over me. I wasn't sure if I slipped or what but I knew I, I had survived the round. I knew I, the second half of the round, I started feeling better. I just remember the, you know, I was, I was on survival mode the first half of the round. And after that I kind of started getting, uh, started getting a rhythm. So I had a little more confidence going into the second round. I'm like, all right, I survived that. I can get a rhythm now. And then once I went up there and took down on the second round, it was just, uh, all, all dominance from there.
0: Definitely gained yeah. confidence. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was clearly very tired. And I, I get the commentators mentioned a couple times that, he'd had to cut, cut a lot of weight in the last couple of days and he'd been having some back issues and all that stuff. While at the same time, Morrow made a point of saying, you know, let's not take anything away from, from Jake's performance. And I mean, obviously you just, you just put it on him, weren't able to finish him, but you definitely had him in danger, uh, you know, a couple of times. So obviously a huge, huge win. So before we move on to the, the, you know, the unfortunate brawl afterwards, looking back, I mean, is that one, is that a signature win for you? I mean, had no one that you beat a legend like Dan Henderson, uh, what, what does that mean to you in your career?
1: I mean, it was great. You know, I had other champs as well, but that was uh, you know, at the time that was probably the big and he's you know, he still is one of the biggest and it was a dominant perform performance. it was awesome. also the last fight of my strike force con Don't Resign. You know, I love fighting in strike force, but at the time I'd really, really uh you know, I, I always fight be the best. I was the opponent i was really counting for. Since he was a different show, I wanted to go out and fight at GSP. So it was important that I uh, that I that I left it left on top.
0: Well, you certainly did, and and we saw uh, you appear on uh, WC forty eight, I believe it was, and uh, you you were with Dana, and and Dana made it clear that he wanted you, and you ended up going over there. But before we we move on to uh, to to that, we got to talk about the brawl, of course. After the fight, you know, we had the the brawl that changes it all, so to speak. And for those listening that that didn't see it, you can find it on YouTube. But essentially, Gus Johnson, this is again live on CBS, so this is network TV. This is a huge deal. Gus Johnson is interviewing Jake after the, you know, a big win over Dan Henderson when Mayhem Miller, who had won earlier in the evening, kind of pushed him, his, pushed his way into the uh, the camera frame and got on the mic and asked for a, a title rematch. And Jake's team pushes Mayhem. Nick Diaz throws a punch and, and just a full on melee ensues. And, uh, you know, you can hear Mauro and the the others that were on commentary, just very, very, you know, disappointed. And afterwards, everybody, including you, Jake apologized, regretting the the incident and, but the damage was done. Strike force would never again be be broadcasted on CBS or network TV. Now, here we are, you know, years and years later, over a decade later, looking back on on what happened all these years later, what are your what are your views? What are your thoughts on on what happened?
1: Um I just think, you know, he can't mayhem jumped in. Like after a fight, people understand that our fighters, our adrenaline's up, we're, we're not in a different mind. You have to put yourself in a it's not like i'm just standing there you know at a, at a bar chilling i'm in fight boat this guy comes and jumps gets in my face so my natural reaction was uh was just to hit him especially mayhem uh at the time he was training with dan henderson dan henderson's whole corner was in the cage i turned out i don't really like him that much but i didn't know that so i thought they were all gonna uh they're all gonna jump me so i was ready to fight just started swinging on him, and uh little did we know we, we all jumped in because we were a tight team but uh his team all jumped back. So it ended up, <laughs> yeah. we were about to be a big brawl. We, 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 we thought it was about to be a big brawl, but it was us us mobbing them. Yeah. <laughs> in Mayhem's defense, in his defense, he took, he took a beating well and never complained about it.
0: Yeah. Well, as, I mean, honestly, I, as I watched it, I, who I faulted was the, the cage security. I mean, they should have never let him in to begin with. He shouldn't have ever even gotten in the cage. And he apologized yeah. for getting in there. But I was like, why did they let him in to begin with? They, they could have stopped it before anything happened.
1: Yeah, they wanted they wanted a confrontation. They probably didn't think it was going to go to punches. But it's just people don't understand before or after a fight, you're in a different mindset. You're in a kill or be killed. Like literally, you could die or you know or kill someone out there. You have to have yourself in that mindset. You can't just be all like timid. So if someone gets in your face, you're you're in a different mindset than you normally are. So the reaction is going to be to punch someone. People get shocked sometimes. So you know, like when could be jumped out of the cage. And, but like these guys, you get yourself in a different mindset. It's not easy for someone who's never done it. They don't understand. And it's so big, it's easy to criticize the fighters. Like why do they do that? But it's uh. You're you're not your regular self out there.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've, I've never fought, so I don't know that, but, but it seems to make sense. And after all the fights I've seen, I, I that definitely tracks, I, I will mention, um, I actually, uh, spoke with Scott Coker just, uh, just earlier this or last week, actually just to kind of catch up and we kind of stay in touch and, and all that. And I told him I'd be talking to you. Cause, and I'd asked, you, we were talking about Bellator and what's going on with them. And I said, well, Hey, cause I live outside Nashville. I'm like, Hey, next time you guys are in Nashville, you know, I'll definitely be there. And, he yeah. kind of chuckled and said, "I'm not sure that we'll be there anytime soon." I don't have the the greatest history, and you you make sure you tell Jake uh, essentially in a nice way. I said hello, <laughs> type Yeah, so, yeah. From oh, Nashville,
1: I, I yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they'll be back here anytime soon. But um, but anyway, so yeah, I, but it, it, it,
1: it was a, it was a great show. So I would love to go back. Yeah, I a lot yeah. Of fun in that. I, I, I had a lot of fun. In- nashville
0: <laughs> yeah it's well it's a great town it really is it's a great city so um and and you know we've seen ufc has been here not too long ago and and maybe you know maybe coker can be coaxed and they'll be back here but yeah, yeah i hope
1: he will change his mind and realize that hey it, it was one bad moment <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I, yeah it's but it's also interesting at the same time now you got scott coker's promotion back on showtime i mean everything old is new again so it's kind of kind of interesting yeah so
1: exactly yeah maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll get on cbs again <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well hey there's nothing on uh there's some opportunity there, so we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah. Anyways,
1: so other sports have brawl. Other sports have brawls as well. So it's not really yeah in the world. You want to think?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: my might been kind of an excuse to get it off too. You know who knows?
0: Yeah, it's kind of you know. It's funny. I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I it's like fighting is literally part of the game in hockey. You know, and, and it's yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. The fans, so- the fans love it.
0: That's yeah yeah shock the,
1: when there's a fight in a sport that's fighting it's kind of like come on
0: yeah <laughs> sport actually
1: is fighting but don't, don't don't be that shocked when people get in a fight
0: yeah and it's not like strike, or it's not like cbs hadn't dealt with you know some craziness with like kimbo's ear exploding and you know or uh, james mm-hmm. thompson's ear exploding exploding and all that i mean they they dealt yeah. with some controversial stuff so I, it, it seemed to be a little bit of a you know cl- pearl clutch reaction and, and kind of like really but you know, it's unfortunately it, yeah. is, it is what it is and, and maybe there'll be an opportunity again. But uh, but anyways, but after yep. Nashville, you, you enter into some renegotiations with strike Strikeforce as you, you, you touched on and you end up vacating the title and leaving for the UFC. You really wanted that GSP fight, which ended up being at that time. Um, the, I believe it was 55,000. It was the the highest attended UFC event in North American history and, you know, huge feather in your cap. And I mean, obviously GSP was a huge part of that being up in Canada, but still, you know, you got to have an opponent and uh, a big deal, but, but looking back now, you know, kind of separating that, what did strike force you know, what are your feelings on strike force what what is the your time in the, you' only had those three fights but it, it seemed to set you up to be able to get into the UFC and some you know bigger profile fights and bigger paydays. what what's your your feelings on strike force as you look back now
1: uh I think strike force was great I think it's one of the best one of the greatest shows of all time I always love strike force for some reason they just had like the right energy the right fighters the right um that it, it was a great era, you know We just I feel like you had more fights I guess because because XC was so similar at the time but it's just right. uh yeah, it was such a great show, and I guess because my team was, I feel like I was there so much more because my team was a part of it. You know, it was Gil, with Gil so many times with Nick, yeah. with me, with Caesar. It was just so great being part of that show, and I think we, you know, our team was a uh, w- was a big part of that show, and it was. Yeah. Uh, it- so, so, so I have so I have very fond memories. Even maybe. Helping them get off CBS. I, overall, I look at Strike Force very, very, very fondly. And uh, I wish they were still around. You know, I was bummed how the UFC bought it just to kill it. And uh, I like Bellator too, but for some reason, Bellator has never quite been able to grab the same energy that Strike Force had. I hope Scott Coker will be able to make that happen someday. But to me, the energy of Strike Force was just, um, to me, you got Pride, UFC, and Strike Force have been like the the three shows that really grabbed my attention.
0: Yeah. same. I mean, same here. And, you know, being born and raised in the Bay Area, it was a huge deal for me. I mean, I was at, the first strike force event pretty much every time they came, came to San Jose, I was there. So getting to watch, you know, guys like Gil and, and, you know, eventually Nick and, uh, and then of course other, you know, AK guys and Josh Thompson and, you know, Kung and, you know, different guys like that. It just, to me, it was like rooting for my home team. So I, I was always, even before yeah. I, I ended up working for the promotion, I, I was a huge fan and I really, I mean, pride Pride was just, pride was incredible and you couldn't, yeah. <laughs> with the lack of drug testing and stuff, some of the stuff that happened there would have never happened here in the States, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the no weight classes sometimes. Yeah, stuff like that.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as fun as that stuff was watching uh, Minowa man, you know, 155 pounds taking on like Zulu Zinho at yeah.
1: 30,
0: <laughs> Obviously that's not gonna happen here. So that's that, that stuff was was pretty fun, but force like you said, I, I and I hear that over and over with some of the, you know, Gil and some of the others I've talked with yes. for the podcast that there just was this different energy. There was this different yeah, level I, of yeah, excitement. Yeah, not,
1: not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know, you know how, for some reason there was so much energy there. I mean, they sold out, like, quite often they would sell out the, uh, the Shark Tank, big arenas like yeah. that. Not many other shows, as you've seen in the U.S., but they'll sell out big arenas like that. They just really were able to, maybe the, the right fighters, the right energy, There, something, something was right with the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, just a couple more questions. We'll let you go. Uh, so I, I understand you recently moved to Vegas. I know that you, uh, you helped uh, newly minted UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou with uh, some training before the Stipe Miocic fight. So wh- what are you doing now? What's, what's going on? Are you, are you done fighting Focus on training? What, what what are you up to? Uh,
1: I'm Most likely done fighting. Haven't officially retired, but I mean, it have to be a fight that would interest me. You know, I'm not trying to fight like some, some tough 20, 25 year old kid with no name. I would- other guys that's been around for a while something like that but uh not actually looking for fights i still do pro grappling a good amount I enjoy that to stay competitive and uh recently in Vegas started helping train a few fighters that wasn't something I was trying to do but there's so many guys out here been kind of uh you know not officially anyone's coaching coach but helping a few guys out here and there and who knows maybe that's something I'll get more into I feel like I have a have a lot of knowledge in the MMA especially in the grappling end and you know some of these guys could do some help
0: all right, cool. Well, we'll keep it, be keeping an eye out for that. Uh, I know you're on, on social media. Go ahead and let us know your social media handles. And is there anything that you'd like to to mention, anything you've got going on that you want to promote? Feel free.
1: Um, i got things in the works, but nothing I'm ready to promote quite yet. So I'll hold off on that. And then, yeah, Instagram's just Jake Shields, Jake Shields, AJJ at Twitter. And just thanks to the fan, fans for all the years for following me. And I uh, said, I do have more things planned, just not ready to announce anything yet. So. All right.
0: Sounds good. All right. Final question. Final question. What is your defining fight? I mean, w- whether it's strike force or not, if somebody, you know, Oh, I've never heard of Jake Shields doesn't know you know, what your career was about. If you had to point him to one fight, what, what is the one fight that exemplifies who Jake Shields was as a fighter?
1: Oh man. I so hard to do it. In one fight, I guess one force, you'll say, say Dan Henderson, but there's just too many different fights. So it's, so it's a tough one.
0: Yeah, there's there's a bunch that stand out. I I I would say, um, I mean, for me personally, I the Robbie Lawler fight was just even though it was quick, it was really only two minutes. It felt like it was a lot more than that. And yeah. just to kind of see your growth as a fighter and just the way you were able to shut down, I mean, seriously, one of the most dangerous strikers at one seventy or one eighty five that really there's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's that, a good that,
1: that, that, that fight too. I think was good too. Yeah. And I felt like I was winning the stand up in that fight. And then I watched it later and the announcer was talking about how much trouble I was on the feet, but I felt like they were, they were watching something different than what was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I was, at, <laughs> I was out there kicking him on his liver. And the, the announcer was like, Oh my God, Jake's in trouble. I didn't get hit once in the fight. So I'm like, they're clearly not watching. They're clearly not watching the same fight. I am in. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, to, I mean, to be fair, the, the, I think that that was one of Gus Johnson's first, uh, you know, common commentary fights for MMA, and so and to, they're probably to, just
1: yeah, and they're it, assuming grapp, grappler versus strikers. Maybe yeah. they're just assuming it's on. they assuming it's on the feet. I'm in trouble. They're not watching what's actually happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to, you know, obviously you were never really known for your standup, but I I did notice that the kicks you were throwing in that fight looked good to me, and I was like, you know. Man, he's looking pretty good here. So to be able to to hold your own with Robbie and then and then again grab that neck and submit him was, I, I, to me, that'd be probably one of the ones I'd point him to. The mayhem one yeah. as well, just because it it really was like this is a Jake Shields fight you know, you, you kind of push yeah. early on and then be able to, to shut him down and, and just keep him from being able to do anything he wants to do. So
1: yeah, I haven't watched that one. So long. need to watch that one again. I don't think I've watched that one in like almost since it happened Maybe. Yeah. You <laughs> so probably should go back and watch that one.
0: <laughs> you should, you should. Cause honestly, I think there was more to that fight than I know you, you kind of caught some flack after that for being quote unquote boring or whatever. But honestly, as I watched that fight, I was like, this was more than people gave it credit for. And the way that you, again, I mean, Jason did get a, a few things off and, uh, and yeah. to be able to kind of weather that storm and deal with that. And then, you know, still be able to put out your skills on display through the rest of the fight. I, I thought it was yeah. good, you know, so I, 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 you definitely should go back and check it out.
1: Okay. For sure, man.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, Jake, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank you for, for being on the show and uh best of luck in whatever you end up doing going from here. Cool. Cool. Good talking. All right. I want to thank my very special guest, Jake Shields, for taking the time to join us on the show today. I really appreciated him being so open and honest about, uh, you know, both his run with Strike Force and then, of course, the the Dan Henderson fight and uh, the the post fight brawl. I, I'm, he, I'm, <laughs> I would imagine he get, gets tired of talking about it, uh, but I, I, again, I appreciate him taking the time to join us on the show. I also take the I appreciate you taking the time to join us to listen and download the show. You can check us out on Instagram and on Twitter, at The Hexagon Pod. Uh, you can also f- reach me at philatinsidethehexagon.com. Would love to hear from you and get your feedback. And if you're interested in doing some some social media for us, we would love uh, love some help with that. So, again, reach out if that is of interest to you. Looking ahead, we are going to be covering strike force Heavy Artillery, uh, which took place in May of 2010. We've got some big names. Alistair Overeem finally returns to Strike Force after a near three-year absence got Andre Arlovsky, all kinds of big names on this card. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. After that, we're going to go a different direction. We are going to be talking about Shine Fights. That was a pay-per-view event that was supposed to take place the same night as Heavy Artillery. I was managing a fighter in Strike Force at that time, but I was also hired to do PR for Shine Fights. I'm going to be chatting with the matchmaker for that event, Ron Foster. That event was supposed to be headlined by a, basically an MMA fighter versus boxer match. With Dean Thomas, UFC veteran, taking on former world champion boxer Ricardo Mayorga. It ends up getting canceled at the last minute. I mean, literally 20 minutes before bell time. There's Don King involved. There's million-dollar uh, injunction bonds. There, I mean, there's all kinds of – there's near fights backstage, all kinds of crazy stuff. You are not going to want to miss that episode Uh, It is very, very intriguing. You're going to enjoy it. But with that, we're going to go ahead and ride off into the sunset. Hope that you stay safe and you stay healthy, and we will see you soon.